From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. G'day there, I'm Graham, VK4 Baker Baker. This is the WIA National News for week commencing February 23, 2020. Amateur Radio Operating Procedures. On WIA front page news, that's wia.org.au, you'll see a story entitled Amateur Radio Operating Procedures. Our communications regulator has made available an Amateur Radio Operating Procedures page providing an easy-to-understand guidance on different aspects of amateur operating, such things as spurious emission limits, call and reply, operating signals, phonetic alphabet, testing and monitoring. It's all there for you in one easy place to find. And that link, you'll find it when you read the text edition of this, the WIA National News. And to make it easier for you, the listener, the WIA member and intending member, I've asked the WIA board if they would ensure that those that write for WIA front page news or put up on WIA front page news, a quick audio grab so we can bring that to you as well here on WIA National News. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. Hello, this is Greg, VK2GPK, WIA President. Greetings all and sundry. It is that time of year again, the time of the great annual pilgrimage to New South Wales Radio Mecca, the Wyong Field Day. It is on this weekend. I first attended this field day when I was barely a teenager, a few years before I gained my AOCP. Fox hunts, also known as ARDF, were an addiction for me back then and I'm pleased to see they are back this year with an extended Saturday program. Radio sports are an important, fun pathway to engender youth interest in radio and electric technology. It is readily apparent that this year's organisers have put a lot of effort into reinvigorating this event and I wish them well now and for the next few years because the reinvention to appeal to a younger and wider audience is a non-trivial task that won't be achieved in one step. And it is a reinvention task to attract new entrants that many established radio and electronics clubs would be well served to attempt and hopefully share successes. The long-term future of amateur radio is in your hands. It isn't somebody else's problem. The WIA 2020 poll number one on call sign strategy went out a week ago and will run for another week, closing off midnight next Sunday. All WI members with an email address, that's about 90%, would have received the poll. Those that have registered at poll.wia.org.au would have also received the poll by now, as long as you entered a valid Australian call sign. The interim results have been interesting to date, but we will wait until the poll closes before we draw any final conclusions. The comments have been especially interesting and almost universally constructive, and encouragingly, almost completely devoid of any expletive deleted language. If you haven't yet cast your vote, time is running out for you to have your say. We will be using your feedback to plan the next poll. The members of the WI education team on the ACMA syllabus review panel have completed their exposure draft for the initial stopgap LCD changes update to the foundation syllabus. This has been provided to the ACMA for their de- deliberation prior to the next meeting of the panel. A lot of effort and collaboration goes into this exercise 
and I thank the team for the diligent and comprehensive job they've already done so far, albeit the syllabus update journey has only just begun. Finally, don't forget to register for the 2020 WIA conference, this year marking the 110-year anniversary of the WIA and also with an Antarctic theme. See our website news for details on the keynote speaker who has just been announced. It is being held in Hobart May 8th to 10th. Registration accommodation details are on the WIA website. 73, this is Greg, VK2, GPK. This is Justin, VK7 Tango Whiskey from the WIA Annual Conference Organising Committee. Well, there's no fear that this conference is being cancelled due to the coronavirus. Even though we did have 130 cruise ships stop in Hobart over the 1920 season, the WIA Annual Conference 2020 is only two months away and is shaping up to be one to remember. Let's have a detailed look over the next few weeks at the activities on the Sunday the 10th of May 2020. And Sunday is packed with half-day options. The first option we'll cover this week is a trip out to the Great Reba Museum and Radio Telescope at Mount Pleasant. It's about a 20-minute bus ride into the Coal River Valley. Now, Great Reba was the father of radio astronomy, being the first person to build a big dish antenna for the purpose of mapping the sky at radio frequencies. He discovered many discrete radio sources and he mapped the band of bright radio emissions from our galaxy, the Milky Way. Reba came to Tasmania in the late 1950s because of its unique location at high magnetic latitude in the Southern Hemisphere. He spent 40 years studying low-frequency emissions with telescopes he built himself, first partnering with the University of Tasmania School of Physics and later on his own at Bothwell. His achievements are remarkable, not only in radio astronomy but also in electrically powered vehicles, carbon dating of Aboriginal settlements and in the genetic patterns made by growing bean plants. His creative vision had no limits. The museum has exhibits that show Reba's telescopes, his life's work and his many other interests. A unique feature of Reba's original radio shack, the control building for the radio telescope array at Bothwell, which is installed at the museum with Reba's original radio equipment in place. The museum also shows the radio frequency spectrum with graphic illustrations and physical demonstrations of electromagnetic waves. The radio sky is shown with matching illustrations of galaxies as seen in the radio and optical spectrum acquired by the Hubble Space Telescope. A feature of the museum is a virtual reality theatre provided by the Swinburne University of Technology and the museum will show entertaining and educational movies and demonstrations in three dimensions. The tour takes about one and a half hours. This is a very unique and one-off must-see museum about a fascinating radio pioneer. Next to the museum is the University of Tasmania's 26-metre radio telescope that is used for research and you'll be able to get up close and personal with the dish. Next week, we'll run through some other tours on the Sunday. So, see you in Hobart. 73 from Justin, VK7 Tango Whiskey and the WIA Annual Organising Committee. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, RAC, NZART, Amateur Radio Newsline, and the worldwide sources of the WIA. 
I'm Jason, VK2LAW. We start this week with news from Norway, Young Radio Hams Hack Flex Radio Maestro. Jenny List, Golf 7 Charlie Kilo Foxtrot, writes on Hackaday about an amateur radio club for students that's been hacking the Flex Radio System's Maestro. Jenny writes, the Student Radio Society in Trondheim owns a Flex 6500 radio with its associated Maestro panel peripheral. This is a software-defined radio, and the Maestro is a computer containing just enough of an embedded version of Windows to run its front-end software. Unfortunately for our Norwegian radio amateur friends, it runs very little else, even to the extent of being unable to connect to public Wi-Fi that requires a login. This was particularly annoying as the student network does this and they've had to create their own hotspot. So they've provided some details on how they were able to open it up a little to do a bit more. Read the full Hackaday post on the links in our text edition. Yep, this radio news does provide the written word. To Belgium, municipal tax on masts and pylons. Belgium's National Amateur Radio Society, UBA, reports the number of cities and municipalities that levy a tax on masts and pylons has spouted sharply in recent months. Currently, one in four Flemish municipalities already levies such a tax. Although the municipalities involved almost never intend to impose this tax on radio amateurs and other citizens or associations that have a mast for recreational purposes, in many cases no exemption is provided for. UBA say they and amateurs have to, where necessary, urge the municipalities to exempt masts with a purely recreational function. The UBA Board of Directors will hold an information meeting per province and at these meetings provide a picture of the situation as well as advice on how to best tackle the problem. To the USA, the ARRL has released the minutes of their board meeting held in January at which they approved the raising of the eligibility age for a reduced full ARRL membership dues from 22 to 26. The ARRL board also agreed to allow for digital-only access membership at the discretion of the CEO, discounted no more than 10% from the established dues rate. New questions raised over testing for RF exposure. Like here in Australia, the USA requires all wireless devices sold in the US, including ham radio equipment, to demonstrate that even at maximum power, their exposure level is below the minimum allowable level for specific absorption rate or SAR for safety. A recent test of mobile phone RF levels, however, has raised doubts about the testing process itself done by the FCC. Amateur Radio Newsline's Kent Peterson, Kilo Charlie Zero, Delta Golf Yankee has that story. In an investigation conducted last year by RF Exposure Labs for the Chicago Tribune newspaper, a number of phones from Apple, Samsung, and Motorola were discovered to exceed the FCC's SAR limit. A subsequent investigation done by the FCC, however, failed to corroborate those findings. The lab used phones purchased from retailers. The FCC received its phones directly from the manufacturers themselves. The IEEE Spectrum reported on these developments on its website on February 7th. None of the phone's manufacturers were reached for comment. A University of California Berkeley researcher told the IEEE, however, that regardless of whose findings end up being valid, the real fix needs to be made at the FCC. Researcher Joel Moskowitz said the agency's testing for RF exposure needs to be made more comprehensive and brought into the 21st century. I'm Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. Thanks, Kent. And as I leave you this week, a heads up, I'll actually rejoin the news crew this week when I join with Bruce in the special interest groups. 
with some exciting news for the youth here in Region 3. Could we be camping it up with Yota at last like the Region 1 and 2 youth camps? Stay tuned. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Ham Radio Operational News. It's a contact sport. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. CQ Worldwide SSB Contest, February 22-23. March 2 and 3, International DX Phone Contest, sponsored by the AWL. WIA John Moore Field Day 2020. Weekend of 21-22 March from UTC 0100 hours on the Saturday to 0059 hours on the Sunday 22nd. March 28-29, the CQ Worldwide WPX Contest for Amateurs Worldwide to contact as many amateurs and prefixes as possible during the contest using SSB. The date for the next Harriendale Sprint will be Saturday, May 2nd, 2020, 10 hours to 11.46 UTC. May 30-31, the CQ Worldwide WPX Contest for Amateurs Worldwide to contact as many amateurs and prefixes as possible during the contest using CW. The VK Shire is the June long weekend, which is a weekend prior to the second Monday of June this year, making June 6 and 7 in 2020. IAAUHF World Championship July 13 14. Trans Tasman Low Band Contest. Next contest 17 July 2020, and has the aim of encouraging low band activity between VK and ZL on 160, 80, and 40 metres using SSB, CW, and RD or PSK. RD or Remembrance Day Contest will be August 15 16. Oceania Contest. Voice from 0800 hours UTC Saturday October 3 to 0800 hours UTC Sunday October 4. CW from 0800 hours UTC Saturday October 10 to 0800 hours UTC Sunday October 11. CQ Worldwide DXSSB October 24-25. CQ Worldwide DXCW November 28-29. December 68, 160 metres worldwide. December 14 to 15, 10 metre worldwide. Ted Powell Memorial DX Challenge. Four award periods each for three months starting in January of each calendar year and two categories in the contest. Most wanted and top five. Top five, you try and work the five most wanted DXCC entities and the most wanted, you work the most wanted DXCC entity. The DX entities in play are those most wanted during the three month windows. All major Australian contests, rules and results are on the contest section of wia.org.au and every week you can stay up to date with both the spoken word and the news in print in detail provided by the WIA to you. And bring us up to date with the John Moyle. Listen up. John Moyle Memorial Field Day Announcement number 3 for broadcast on Sunday 23rd of February 2020. Good morning. This is Dennis Johnston, VK4AE, Contest Manager for the John Moyle Memorial Field Day 2020. This is a further reminder that the contest will be held from 0100 UTC on Saturday, 21st of March, to Sunday, 0059 UTC. This week I will discuss the suggestions heard from some club stations that they should operate as a portable station from their own club premises. Actually, this is not permitted under the rules for a club station to operate as a multi-operator station at their home QTH. The weather this summer continues to be less than friendly, but that does not mean that the effort should not be made, particularly by club stations, to set up a portable station at the local park or sports ground with the appropriate approvals if needed from the local authorities. The concept of a field day station is to set up 
and operator station under less than ideal conditions. Why should not a single operator station, or a club station for that matter, set up as a portable or mobile station in the car park near the local parts supplier? Consider the advertising potential for amateur radio in attracting interested others is worth far more than the potential of creating a winning score in this contest. Next, the concept of using a fully computer system using the WSJT modes field day station is to me an anathema and against the spirit of the contest. The idea behind the contest is for providing practice at setting up and operating a portable station in less than ideal conditions, not simply amassing a huge score for a home station. Further, if allowed, the WSJT modes would provide a decidedly unfair advantage for those so equipped. So the following year, many stations would then be using this system. This would then fully exclude all the rest of the operators in the contest. I leave you with those thoughts and thanks for listening. Thanks, Dennis. Now through the DX window or adjust the curtain. This special event TX will use the curtain array of our former Radio Australia antennas. Over March 14-15, Shepparton and District Damage Radio Club will be on the air as VI3RA, RA for Radio Australia. Connecting their transceivers to the curtain array and Romic antennas at the former Radio Australia site in VK3. It's on three years since your ABC's Radio Australia ceased transmitting from the site. VI3RA will operate on 40, 30, 20, 17 and 15 metres. Local amateurs will be given the unique opportunity to explore the use of high-gain antennas whilst giving amateurs throughout the world a unique opportunity to contact the station using such high-gain antennas. It's been calculated the gain of 15 dB on the lower frequencies and at least 20 dB on 21 MHz will be achievable. TI5 Mike, TI5 stroke W1 USN and Bob, TI5 stroke AA1M are active from Costa Rica until the 4th of March on CW, SSB and FT8 on the 160-10m bands. QSLs can be sent via the Bureau. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ in England. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hi. I'm Bruce, VK3FFF from sunny Bendigo. Worldwide Special Interest Group News, Final Frontier. AMSAT Oscar 85 declared end of mission. After a long decline in the health of its batteries, AO85 has gone silent. Having not been heard throughout the most recent period of full illumination, it is reasonable to believe the batteries have deteriorated to the point of no longer being able to power the transmitter. Should some future event cause a cell to open, it is possible the satellite may be heard again. But for now, it is time to declare end of mission. AO85 was conceived as the first AMSAT CubeSat and was designed to be a successor to the popular AO51 MicroSat. AO85 was launched October 2015 and her success led to further Fox satellites AO91, AO92, AO95 and RadFX Sat2 Fox 1E which will be launched later this year. 
Now, do I have to repeat myself? Well, this mysterious radio signal from space does. In fact, it's repeating itself every 16 days. Colin Butler, in an item in ICQ podcast, reveals how mysterious radio signals from space have been known to repeat. But, for the first time, researchers have noted a pattern in a series of bursts coming from a single source half a billion light-years from Earth. Fast radio bursts, or FRBs, are millisecond-long bursts of radio waves in space. Individual radio bursts emit once and don't repeat, but repeating fast radio bursts are known to send out short, energetic radio waves multiple times, and usually, when they repeat, it's sporadic or in a cluster, according to previous observations. Between 16th of September 2018 and October 30th 2019, researchers with the Canadian Hydrogen Intensity Mapping Experiment Fast Radio Burst Project Collaboration detected a pattern in bursts occurring every 16.35 days. Over the course of four days, the signal would release a burst or two each hour, then it would go silent for another 12 days. The repeating signal was traced to a massive spiral galaxy around 500 million light-years away. Researchers hope that by tracing the origin of these mysterious bursts, they can determine what caused them. So far, they have traced single and repeating fast radio bursts back to very different sources, which deepens the mystery. Hams may have other ideas. Could this be a special event station adhering to a very strict extraterrestrial band plan and activating only at certain hours? A report in Nature.com indicates the bursts have a central frequency of 1.7 gigahertz and a bandwidth of 128 megahertz. So far, however, no hams have spotted anything on the DX clusters. Keep listening. Special interest groups, VHF and above, the plumber's delight. Successful 47 gigahertz amateur radio moon bounce test reported by ARRL. Mitsuo Kazai JA1WQF has successfully decoded a 47 gigahertz signal bounced off the moon by Al Ward W5LUA. More tests are planned. W5LUA posted news of the achievement on the MoonNet email reflector and said, These were one-way tests with only me transmitting. He went on to say, I started out by sending single tones to JA1WQF, which he copied well, and then sent several sequences of calls and grid. Mitsuo was able to decode calls and my grid at 11.46 UTC and 12.34 UTC. Signal levels were minus 23 and minus 25 dB. It was noted that the first EME, Earth-Moon-Earth contact on 47 GHz, took place in early 2005. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Yota. Thailand preps for young amateurs radio camp. 
the Radio Amateur Society of Thailand is preparing to host a Youngsters on the Air camp in Rayong Province on Thailand's southeastern coast. The popular, fast-growing Yota experience will be open to youth throughout the region from October 1st to the 3rd at the Rock Garden Beach in Rayong. Jason, VK2LAW, filed this report for AR Newsline. Hosting the Region 3 camp is the latest effort by the Thai Radio Society to encourage young students to pursue their interest in ham radio. RAST, which was last selected as host during meetings last year, hopes to support young students' education and give them skills to prepare them for licence exams and to upgrade whatever licence they may have. The IARU's Yota Region 3 website reaffirms its commitment to young ham, saying, quote, Youngsters on the air is a highly motivated group of people of all ages and from all over the world, working together tightly to make sure that there will still be somebody to answer your CQ call in the future. End quote. I'm Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. At last, some positive movement in our Region 3 for the youth of today. I'm Bruce, VK3FFF. Rewind. I'm John Knox, VK4FJRK. This is not an everyday find, but uh, German archaeologists have come across a Russian spy radio. Archaeologists from the Rhineland Regional Council were amazed when they came across a Russian spy radio instead of Roman traces in the Hamback open-cast mine during excavations. It was hidden in a large metal box. When the box was opened, it hissed, according to Dr Eric Klaben, the uh, head of the LVR Office for the Preservation of Archaeological uh, Monuments in the Rhineland. In the container, a Soviet radio type R394KM, codenamed Stris, a digital HF spy radio. It was developed in the early 1980s in the Soviet Union, the USSR, and uh, used by countries of the Warsaw Pact in the final phase of the Cold War. It was the last model before the fall of the Iron Curtain in 1989 and the collapse of the Soviet Union itself in 1992. The device, unearthed, has a digital news system and a digital frequency display, and it was used by agents abroad as well as by special units and was available with Russian or English texts on the front. The spy version is known by the Russian code name Striz, which in English means swift. In the LVR Lenders Museum in Bonn, there is currently not only that mysterious radio to see. Under the title God's Graves and Agents, spectacular finds from the year 2019 are on display until the 29th of March. So if you have your overseas trip planned and you find yourself in the Rhineland in March, do yourself a favour. I'm John Knox. VK4FJRK. A couple of new ones in the WIA social scene for 2020. In VK4, it's the Tanham Sands Gathering, March 14. VK7, Meet the Voice event at the Ross Recreation Centre, Sunday, March 22. In VK3, it's the Hamfest, the EMDRC Hamfest, March 29. That's the Sunday. It's the club's annual Hamfest and it's fast approaching, Sunday, March 29, at the Great Ryrie Primary School at Heathmont. Commercial and second-hand traders, new and used bargains, raffle prizes donated by our commercial traders. Well, not by 
our commercial traders, but by their commercial traders. Raffles drawn at midday, always space for a chat with old and new friends. Now entry, $7 includes one raffle ticket and bottomless tea and coffee. Doors open at 10 and Jack's world famous barbecue will be cooking up a storm out the front. Table bookings are filling fast with only a handful remaining. For event information and to book a table, visit the EMDRC Club website. In VK4, Redfest 2020, the 18th of April, St Michael's College, Old Torbal Point Road from 8. VK6, it's Perth Tech, May 2. Perth Tech is a premier annual Australian amateur radio event. The day of technical presentations is on Saturday the 2nd of May, with practical workshops on Sunday. As its name suggests, Perth Tech is in Perth, in the town of Bassendine, which is in the northeastern suburbs, about 12 kilometres from the city of Perth. This event and the venue are ideal for interstate visitors. The venue is a short walk from the railway station and a short drive from the airports. The lineup of presenters is first class. There's Phil, VK6PH, who'll tell us about designing a remote radio station that can accommodate a large number of simultaneous users working on several bands and modes at the same time. Dave, VK5DGR, will give updates on his open-source free DV project, including the latest mode called 2020. David will also run a workshop on Sunday. Peter, VK3 Yankee Echo, will talk about portable antennas that he's tried in QRP operations over the years. Peter will also conduct a QRP slash portable workshop on the Sunday. And there's more. There are more quality presenters with interesting topics. Oh, have I told you yet? Entry to Perth Tech is free, gratis, and for nothing. Perth Tech is presented to amateurs as a service by WA Amateur Radio News, the producers of the News West VK6 News Program. Perth Tech will be funded by a fundraising drive, details of which will be advertised as soon as possible. Everything you'd like to know about Perth Tech is on our website, vk6.net. And wrapping up the 2020 social scene this week... For VK, it's the WIA Annual Conference in Hobart, May 8 to 10. And in VK4, the Chark Theresa Creek Campout, Friday the 29th till Sunday the 31st of May. So now, till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4, BB, walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.